another week, another pod. Welcome to Spandex Planet. Still in quarantine, <laughs> as is the majority of the country. I was actually just reading that, uh, I guess, Florida um, is one of those states where they're reopening things a little bit uh, quicker than other states, and apparently there's some report that they could allow like sporting events to take place with 25% capacity or, or something like that, which I, I don't know if that's safe or not, but I mean, I guess it'd be nice to see some wrestling with some fans or whatever. I know that uh, AEW is going to be uh, going back for their live shows here uh, and probably at Daly's place, which is I think in Jacksonville. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess the WWE would continue to film at the performance center, but just have like some fans in there, um, with some precautions or something. And Hey man, who knows? This is an ever evolving, uh, situation. So, uh, that might be something to look forward to. Who knows? Um, other than that, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't really find it necessary to comment on like everything that goes on on raw and SmackDown because, while there's things happening, like, you know, Jinder Mahal, for example, returned this week on Raw, it almost feels like it's not, it's like an off season and nothing really counts or matters. And maybe that's just me, but like I pay attention, but I don't pay as close attention as I, as I normally would. Um, but for some reason, AEW, and maybe this is just like me being biased, but AEW feels like more is occurring and maybe that it literally is because more is, is, is going on with the TNT title tournament and they're just doing the no crowd wrestling shows better. Frankly, I don't think there's really, I mean, it's an opinion, but I don't really think there's too much of a debate on that. If you watch, if you compare the products. So with that being said, the TNT title tournament, I'm a huge, huge, uh, fan of tournaments that I, I don't know. I've always really, really loved them. Um, so uh, when I, whenever a tournament is announced at a wrestling company or at a show or whatever, I'm, I'm on board. A huge King of the Ring fan, which that would come back as well. So AEW introducing a, a, a like a mid-card, I guess, if you will, title uh, is great. And the fact that it was decided via a tournament also gets me excited. Uh, but then you see the competitors and it's like with AEW, I... I I just, you know, obviously there's a lot of high hopes and maybe unrealistic expectations that it'll be unpredictable. Um, I do feel like that is a big part of wrestling. Like, no matter what you think, things, surprises and things being unpredictable is is a lot of the fun of wrestling. And so, with this tournament, like, they're obviously building towards the Lance Archer, Cody Rhodes feud. Um, and they're both in this tournament. And I think the initial call was like, this is obviously just a tournament to set up Cody versus Archer in, in the finals. And for some reason, I had different hope. That was just so predictable to me. And I was hoping like an entire tournament wouldn't dictate that. Um, and I mean, I think like it does make sense if you think logically, like if you look at all the competitors in the tournament, I, I think aside from, you know, well, actually, yeah. I mean, I guess all of them, really. I, Cody and and Archer, I guess, would be considered two of like two main event type, you know, caliber guys in comparison to the other the other folks in the tournament. And I'm not disparaging anyone else. I think everyone in that tournament could, you know, be a 
a champ. Um, I mean, you heard Cody Rhodes promo. They're all, they're all capable of holding gold. Um, but Cody's really established as a main eventer, obviously. And I think Archer coming in is also established as that. So it does make sense that they would, you know, kind of dominate the tournament. But to me, I was hoping there was going to maybe be some kind of swerve with like maybe Archer cost Cody his, his, um, match with like Darby. So Darby moves on to the finals and, and I could see Archer going to the finals and then maybe it's Darby and Archer and it's a big mismatch. And then Cody costs Archer and then Darby comes out of the, the tournament with the belt. Like I actually kind of thought that was the direction they were going. Um, but no, it really was just to set up the, the Cody Archer thing with a title on the line. And I think with Cody saying he's not going to be uh, in contention for the uh, world title, um, it makes sense that he would hold a title. So I could see him walking away with the the, the TNT title, but I could also see them popping it on um, Archer first. I think he's, you know, he's a, a big, a big dude and, and he... Um, for, for even like a casual fan passing by, if you see him, he looks interesting and I could see that drawing in some, some viewers and stuff. So, you know, I guess it is what it is. That's just how wrestling works. It's all for a reason. I just, you know, I don't know. I think you can't always expect unpredictability and, and, and surprise or whatever, uh, or expect the unexpected, but I, you know, I was hoping for it. I do think obviously there's still big plans in the works for like Darby and, uh, and Sammy and they wouldn't have stuck Sammy with Jericho if if they didn't think highly of him. And I think Darby's been also seen at a high caliber and in the future, I I absolutely think he's going to be a big deal. Um, and then with that being said, I don't know, they're going back to live shows and Moxley's coming, coming back in. And I don't really know what the, the move is for the, the world title picture. I, I guess it's just Moxley Jericho again. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't even know what they're going to do with double or nothing. Like if they can't allow fans in or if they have double or nothing in Jacksonville and they can let some fans, I don't know, man, it's going to be, it's going to be a strange, you know, thing, but this whole, since March, this has been very strange. So uh, we'll see how they go. But basically, you know, I still enjoyed the tournament, I guess. Uh, and we're going to see uh, Archer and Cody in the finals. And, you know, who knows how that's going to go. But those are kind of my, my thoughts on that. And, like, other than that, man, like, obviously a very um, – every week is – is th- they definitely open up a little bit. I know I, I said, like, hey, you know, WWE feels like nothing counts. But, I you know, they're, they're doing more and more. I think, like, NXT, for example, they're definitely still putting a lot of effort into that with the Cruiserweight tournament. Here we go back to tournaments. And I love how they're doing it. It's like a Super Junior style with the blocks and um, wins and losses being important, which is really cool. Seen some cool – Cool matches. Jake Atlas uh, really stuck out the other week. Um, what they're doing with Drake Maverick is confusing. Like they released him, but now they're giving him like a prominent role in this title tournament. And maybe he's maybe it's more of a furlough, and they're going to bring him back, like some of the producers. And who knows? Um, but you know, at the end of the day, at least they're still wrestling to watch. And if they're keeping everyone safe, like I, I think that that's awesome. Um, I can't wait to be able to. Uh, go back and, and train myself. Um, uh, but obviously that's not just in the cards right yet. Um, especially in the location that I'm in. So, um, as we do, um, I definitely have some thoughts on, on 
you know, how I'm staying in shape. Um, and, and I talked about like some routines last time, but I'm going to kind of get into some more nutrition stuff here this week. So, um, going over like dieting and things like that, I've kind of gone into how I feel about it, but I kind of want to elaborate more on a couple of different things because I think that's the biggest mistake people make. Like you can have a really great training routine and put on some muscle and get some functional movement going. But if, if your nutrition isn't where it needs to be, um, you're not going to see the level of results that you're looking for. Right. And like, to me, it's not that serious. Like I'm not trying to look like, uh, you know, an IFBB, uh, pro, like I'm not, I, I'm not like getting on stage to perform. Right. So at the end of the day, I do want to look good. And also, you know, it is, it is a, a, a very cosmetic business and, it, you know, I'm not lifting just, you know, for wrestling. It's also, I just, I really do enjoy it. Um, and I've come to really love it over the last few years. Um, and I do like looking good. So with that, um, I think I, I wanted to elaborate a little more on like a routine if you're like maybe restarting or even if you're newer or, or whatever, like I didn't live for a few months. And, and when I got back into it, I was having a really, really hard time with just like volume and like sticking to a routine. And, and something that really, really helped me was sticking to like a five by five routine. Um, it's, it, it's, I guess a little full body focused. Um, it, it's easy to do. You can make very significant progress with progressive overload where you add just like little bits of weight, um, every week. It's easy to track. Um, and it's very easy to remember what that routine is without having, you know, like a, you know, lifting notebook or your phone or whatever. So if, what I mean by five by five, um, is that you do five sets of five reps per exercise, right? And you really focus on the main lifts, which would be overhead press, uh, rows, deadlifts, squats, and bench press. And, you know, you'd start at a weight that's comfortable. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't get too specific with the, you know, one rep max percentage or whatever, but, you know, find a weight that's comfortable, um, but still, you know, a little challenging, but one that you can do five times for five sets. Um, and you do that for all those, like, for example, one day, um, and, and like, you could, you could even break this up into a bro split as they say, right? So like one day you could do, uh, like a push day. So you're doing five sets of five bench, five sets of, um, five, uh, uh, overhead press. Um, and then you could like add in some accessory stuff, like do some, whatever, do some preacher curls or, or, um, if you have like a, like a bicep or something circuit, um, that I could go into as well, um, just to hit some arms. Um, generally you would, do, I mean, if you're doing a push deck, I guess you would do triceps, but that's not really how I do it. Um, I do arms almost every day. So, you know, I would do like a bicep circuit and then I would do like some power bombs, which is like an overhead dumbbell tricep extension. Um, and maybe some like tricep pull downs or skull crutches or something. <clears throat> and then just some accessory work. So you worked your shoulders. So maybe do some lateral raises and, and those don't have to be five by five. Like those, the accessory work, you could do like four sets of like 10 to 12 or whatever. Um, and then maybe do some like chest flies or something like that. Right. And then on day two would be your, your pull day. Right. So you do, it's a lot of back focus stuff. So you do your rows, um, your deadlifts five by five. And then, um, you know, if you, 
if you can, maybe some more arm stuff, some curls, um, incline curls, whatever, whatever cable curls, whatever, like, you know, differentiates itself from the previous day. So you're not doing the same thing and you can do some accessory back work, like some, um, rear delt flies or, um, you know, some like cable rows or something like that. Obviously right now, um, there's no gyms open for the most part. So, you know, my, my accessory work is really, really like limited. I do have like adjustable dumbbells, which is, thank God I, I purchased those years ago. Um, so I can do a lot of like rear delt flies on those days and just like really increase the volume. So I'm getting a lot of volume, even though there's not a lot of variety. And then on the next day, you could do a, like a leg focus five by five squat. And for accessory legs, I mean, there's a million of them you could do. Um, you could do like the glute glute raises for the booty. Um, like I do a lot of like step ups onto a chair holding the dumbbells, um, which really work your hamstrings. Good mornings, which are similar to um, uh, to deadlifts where you're just like kind of straight legged. Very similar to straight leg deadlift. I think that's another name for it. But you essentially just pick up the bar, stand up, and it really, really works uh, your your hamstrings and your glutes. Um, you use some calf raises, things like that, and then repeat. So that's just like a really easy way to kind of dive into things. And it's just focused on the big, heavy compound movements. And then you can throw in whatever accessory stuff you need. It's easy to track, like I said, and also very, very easy to... Um, progressively overload just add like 2.5 pounds per week or five pounds per week or whatever you can do um and you can you can really hit some good maxes there so going into like like dieting i i've said before i've tried multiple you know kinds of diets um from keto to um to atkins is just a slight variation to uh carnivore which i kind of like toyed with, but never really fully dedicated myself to, uh, paleo, um, intermittent fasting is, is kind of something that I've always done, um, and just feel better doing. Um, and and there's two really, really, um, generalized and and popular things. Um, and and it is a debate in the fitness community right now. When you think about nutrition, the most common thing people do is if it fits your macros, so, I mean, you still, you know, calories in versus calories out are still king for the most part, but you really track your protein, fats, and carbs, um, and just, you know, make sure that you know how much protein you need, which whether it's a pound, it depends on what you believe in. Really, truly, you, in my opinion, you don't need more than, you know, maybe 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, but some people are, feel better doing uh, one gram per pound, which is great. Anything more than that is probably overkill, but hey, man, to each their own. And then you want to, you know, you want to balance out your fats and your carbs there as well. That does make it really tough. It can be very restrictive and you can get a little obsessed and it can honestly create um, an unhealthy relationship with food, which I knowingly have um and a lot of people do when they're you know obsessed with tracking their calories and their macros but there's also something that's really interesting that's gaining some popularity and that's intuitive eating so that's really just going with your gut like hey i'm hungry i'm going to eat now you know and still making good choices and 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 you know probably you know hey I probably don't want to have, you know, 5000 calories today but it's like hey if i want to eat this piece of cheesecake i'm going to do it um but you, you really have to have a lot of self-control as far as the, the grazing, which is something I struggle with. Is just like the snacking, right? Like you just are bored, so you're snacking out of emotion. Um, and that's where intuitive eating can be a problem because you can easily have 5,000, 6,000 calories in a day when you 
don't need it and your activity level doesn't match that and that's how you get fat. <laughs> um, so it can be really a double-edged sword. I think it's very freeing to think of intuitive eating just because um, you you don't have to like obsess and it can really help your relationship with food. However, if you're trying to do something like you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to gain muscle mass, intuitive eating is probably not a great idea. Um, it's, it's better for those who are really like they're happy kind of where they are. And, um, they, 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 they're just maintaining. And I feel like that's an easy thing to do. If you, if you really control your emotions about it. And I think once you get to a level, um, you can probably ease back on like being obsessive about your macros once you're starting to feel kind of happy with where you are and just remember, Hey, I, I got to get my, make sure I get my proteins in and my micro nutrients and make sure I'm eating some greens and stuff. Um, but intuitive eating can be really powerful in repairing the relationship with food, but it can also be extremely dangerous if you're not ready for it. So for me, man, and this has always been my, my problem. Like I would love to do intuitive eating, but I just know, I'm not in a mental space where I can not emotionally eat. Like if I'm super, super happy, I eat. If I'm super, super sad, I eat. If I'm bored, I eat. So um, that's just something um, that I, you know, I guess I got to work on in therapy. Um, But it's very common. So if you're going to dial in your, 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 um, your diet, and your nutrition, my recommendation would be to, to track your macros at first and really kind of get a good baseline for what your total daily energy expenditure is. So, you know, calories, what you should be looking for, for protein. Um, but even if you start slow and you're just like, Hey, I know I got to get close to a gram per pound of body weight of protein. That's a wonderful place to start with a good training routine. So there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. Um, and so I guess my opinion is kind of just like, it depends, it depends on where you are in your fitness journey. And it depends on your relationship with food and, um, it depends on what your goals are. So, you know, if you're, if you're trying to cut like intuitive eating is not a good idea. Right. But if you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to really just focus on my training and just try to make good choices eating. Maybe intuitive eating is great for you. Um, for me, not so much, but those are just kind of two different sides of the coin when you think about nutrition. Um, and, and, you know, there's just a level of discipline with intuitive eating that you need to have, which I guess is the same as macros, but because they're so specific and there's so many things tracked, I feel like it is easier to be, um, disciplined when it comes to, if it fits your macros. Uh, but it can also really damage how you view food, which is just not healthy for your overall life. So I guess in closing, um, Nobody really has the answer. <laughs> I really just track calories and, and protein intake and just, you know, if I'm having a heavy training day, I have more carbs. And if I'm having a lighter training day, I, I just try to cut back the carbs as much as possible. And it seems to work for me, but everyone's different. And, um, yeah, I encourage you to research th- that kind of stuff. Uh, look at some studies and, and make a decision for yourself. All right, so I had a fantastic time um, fantasy booking Chris Hero last week. And so to keep in the same vein of folks that have gotten released, uh, I'm going to do the next on my list, which is actually going to be, well, I mean, it's two people. Um, So... 
These are two that, uh, I mean, I listen every week to their podcast um, about wrestling figures. And, I, you know, I've been a big fan of theirs. I always, always, always loved uh, them as the Major Brothers, which is obviously who I'm talking about at this point. I don't know why. But when I was younger and I, I just thought they, they were cool, uh, when they split apart, I hated the Zack Ryder stuff for a while and then learned to love it, especially with how innovative he is and really just creating this like internet boom for himself. Super duper impressive. Um, and then uh, with Kurt Hawkins, I just, I was always so sad. He was, he was kind of floundering. So obviously uh, with all that being said, we're, we're talking about Hawkins and Ryder uh, fantasy booking kind of going over uh, a little bit of their career and kind of what I would have liked to have seen or what I agreed with, and then uh, their future as well. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of this, I'm just I'm just going to go uh, off of memory. Um, so some of it may not be like 100% correct, but for whatever reason, like around this time, I got very like obsessive um, about a lot of things. And so like I, I, I have some pretty viv- vivid memories of their time. Um, I do have a little bit of info written down just for like for specific time frames, but so uh, they got signed to WWE super duper early. They were like really really young. They talk about this on their podcast all the time. Um, 2006, they were in OVW. They got renamed uh, Brian and Brett. That's where the Major Brothers thing um, came in. Then uh, they got called up to the main roster in 2007, which is like. They were hardly in developmental uh, as the Major Brothers. And I remember this in the old WWE CW um, time period. Um, just very generic, just um, long blonde hair, just very uh, kind of nothing. Um, they ended up moving over to SmackDown and turning heel. And I don't remember the first time this happened, but they've talked about it on their podcast where they pitched um, becoming like Edge part of Edge is stable, the Edgeheads, and that's how that was born, and, and Edge apparently really liked it, and they bared a resemblance to him, and uh, so that's that's that was like their first big thing, and that's a huge deal. You got to think about these guys hardly being in developmental, being signed at such a young age, and then just almost immediately paired with Edge is like unbelievable. So, you know, they dressed up like Edge, you know, drew his tattoos on, and um, there's also a really, really cool Edge figure that's coming out that has interchangeable heads. So if you buy three of them, you could have the whole Edge heads uh, uh, faction thing, which is cool. Um, so they did that, and that's like where they got the majority of their notoriety, and they had the La Familia uh, stable with like Chavo and Vicky and you know, honestly, they were pretty, pretty, pretty uh, prominently featured. That's probably still, you know, some of the biggest stuff of their career working with with Edge, working a lot of main events. Um, pretty cool. They changed their names during this time from Brent and Brian Majors to Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. And there's a million stories of why they changed their name and like the slash and dagger thing uh, that, that I think John Laurinaitis wanted them to be called. Uh, and that was in like the 2008 time period. And, like, I know they won the tag belts, and, and I remember them having really cool gear. Like, I remember Zack Ryder wore tights, and, and Kurt Hawkins had, like, like trunks with, like, kick pads. And I just remember them looking cool and just always kind of rooting for them because they were younger. Uh, and, and, yeah, they, they had a pretty long and decent tag title run through 2008, which is, um, you know, honestly, again, that's, like, a really, really cool thing. Uh, and then they split up and I don't remember why they split up or what happened there, but I think it just kind of fizzled out. Uh, and then Zach, uh, repackaged himself into the, the whole broski woo, 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 you know, it, 
gimmick, which I hated the Jersey Shore thing. I just was like, especially at that age for me at the time, I just really resented a lot of pop culture stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I hate this. But he was in ECW with his spiked up hair. It's like a really like boy band, weird Jersey Shore hybrid thing. He had like the tights with like one leg cut off. And I just remember being super not into it. I'm not going to lie. Like I have no idea what happened to, to Kurt Hawkins at that time. Um, apparently he went back to FCW because uh, I think he just really wasn't doing anything, which is weird because I think if you looked at both of them at the time, at least for me, I would assumed they would have done something with Kurt Hawkins over Zach. I don't know why. Um, but you know, Zach Ryder has proved to be very like, um, he's very forward and very like uh, innovative and, and, and and really tries to, to market himself. And, and that's a, a fantastic quality to have, but Hawkins goes to FCW and I remember seeing some videos. I know that's like where the whole dude buster thing came in with him and Trent and Kalen Croft, um, which Trent and Kalen Croft eventually came up to ECW for a little while too. Um, and they were like the dude busters. Uh, and, and I don't like, I know Zach just wrestled on ECW a bunch and he had the Rory Fox thing where he busted homies tights open and like, but like it just was, they were just kind of there. And and really what I remember from Hawkins at this time was uh, like 2010 Hawkins uh, with Lance Archer actually, or Vance Archer at the time um, because the ECW brand was a kind of a developmental lead in to Ron Smackdown at the time, similar to how NXT is now, just not as like good. Um, and I remember them coming in as like the gate crashers thing. And I thought that was super duper cool. I really liked them. Like Kurt Hawkins just kind of has like a sleazy like heel with his like weird cane for some reason. And, and you know, Vance Archer being like the monster heel guy. Like it was cool. Like I really, um, I really, really liked that. Uh, and then they just kind of stopped showing up. I guess they like broke up. And, and I remember there, there was just a lot of time, um, on superstars um that was kind of their thing they were just really like low low card job job type of guys um and then i remember seeing hawkins with tyler rex um they had a really stupid like stripper gimmick but i was like excited to see kurt hawkins again i was like oh cool because i feel like it was like years or maybe a, a year or two and i just i never watched superstars so it was pretty weird. And then I remember them Hawkins and Rex when NXT used to be like a game show and they would come in and mess with people. And it was kind of interesting. Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden, I guess Tyler Rex quit now, now you learn. Um, and then I, and then Kerr Hawkins goes back to kind of just floundering and going in. I think he, he, he mentioned on a podcast recently, he went and, um, you know, had, had surgery and, then came back in like 2013, had some NXT matches, and then eventually was was released. Where you know he went on the Indies and was uh, Brian Myers, uh, Prince of Queens, and um, he had some cool stuff in PWG and got to work a lot of guys. Um, with with Zack Ryder, he actually stuck around. Um, I remember like Rosa Mendez uh, was his manager for a while. Um, he was. I remember seeing him on Raw. And then it just kind of like is like blurry to me. I remember his stuff with Hugh Jackman and Dolph Ziggler where Hugh Jackman like hits Dolph Ziggler and he's like, oh, I'm a broski guy. And I think really like you can attribute this to where like he was floundering and he just didn't want to stand for it. And he created that Z true Long Island story and like the internet championship. And I mean, he literally got himself over and made himself popular, which is like a test. Like no one had ever done that before to that level, like using the internet. And 
it's so impressive to think about. Um, that's, you know, a lot of just marketing genius and it worked, man. I remember him getting really popular in like 2012. Um, he was on raw all the time. He did that stuff with like Kane where Kane like pushed him off the stage in a wheelchair. Um, I think he won the United States championship. Um, and he was featured like a lot and you know, I, he got some like elite out of it, uh, action figures and which I know is his, his thing. And, um, you know, I just, I remember that being kind of a big deal. And then he had like a thing with Eve and then he was in some like weird WrestleMania match where she turned on him and kicked him in the nuts and yeah. And then it just, and then it just ended. And then just, I, I honestly, from that point, I do not remember seeing Zack Ryder for literally years. And I think he was in, just on superstars or main event or whatever Saturday morning slam, whatever like the enhancement shows were at that time. Um, and, and during this time, like Hawkins is out and Ryder was just kind of there. I, I guess still doing the broski stuff. I've never even really gone back and looked. Um, I maybe had seen him here or there, but the first time I remember seeing him, which honestly probably for two years was when John Cena was doing that open challenge. And then, Zack Ryder was one of the guys who challenged him. And I just remember him missing like that 450 splash and people talking about it, like on the internet, like it was a big deal. Um, and, and I feel like he was like featured a little bit more there. And then he would like, you know, went over to NXT, um, with Mojo Raleigh, which was just awful with the hype bros thing. And I was just like, whatever, man, not into it. Um, but then 2016, uh, which I, I, you know, I call 2012, 2013 through 2016, the last years for Zack Ryder. He was there always. It's crazy that he just never got released. That was like an ongoing joke. Um, he just kind of stuck around and which is why a lot of his merch says, you know, still, still here and all that. And now it says not here. Um, but Neville gets injured and they have to pull him out of the WrestleMania 32, uh, money in the bank match and they replace him and then he actually wins it. I remember that being so awesome. Like I was pumped about that. Uh, it was such a surprise and you know, he lost at the last night, but man, that was so cool. Like that was definitely a huge moment I'm sure in his career and, and got, you know, made Zach really popular and winning the, the intercontinental title at WrestleMania is amazing. Um, and then I, I don't really remember what happened after he lost it. I just remember the hype bros being on SmackDown a little bit. And then he like blew his knee out. Um, and then him and Mojo broke up their tag team and they had some shitty match. Um, and then that, you know, it was kind of, it was, it, it was what it was, but in between this time, WWE re-signs um, Kurt Hawkins, like 2016, he comes in like face the facts I didn't know if he was going to come in as a main character. This is like right after they did the 2016 brand split. Um, but they basically brought him in as an enhancement guy, which is like, whatever, man. I was happy he was back. Um, and, and then the losing streak thing happened and he turned a negative into a positive and just started marketing himself similar to what Zach had done. And the losing streak was a big thing. People followed it, even though it was on superstars or main event or whatever. Um, and then they, they reunite in 2018, like just out of nowhere. Um, I was, me like especially listening to their podcast i i just dude i i was so pumped for that and then just like i watch pretty regularly like every week and seeing them randomly get put in the wrestlemania 35 like 
pre-show for the tag belts. I was like, what is happening? And then they won the tag belts. And like, that is definitely a high point for their career. And I was so excited. And I thought that was so dope because the major wrestling figure podcast is, is seriously probably my favorite podcast, or at least like in the top three. Um, listen religiously, Patreon subscriber, super into it, major Mark. Um, and, uh, man, I was so happy for them. And, and especially because once you listen to someone on a podcast, it's like you, you sort of feel like you know them and, you know, seeing that happen for them was so cool. And then unfortunately it just was all bad from there. Like they were the champs and just not featured at all. I don't even like, I remember just being like, what's going on? Like they don't even have like tag entrance music. And then they did get some and it sucked. And then they just kind of floated around for the rest of 2019. Uh, I mean, they lost the belts. I don't even remember who they lost him to. Uh, and then ultimately they were released, uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, Zach Ryder finally couldn't dodge the bullet. This is the second time for Kurt Hawkins. Um, and you know, if I go back through all that stuff, I just said, and, and I think about what I, um, what I would have done. I don't know how much I would have changed to be honest with you. Like, the fact that that moment at WrestleMania or the moment where they reunited was so powerful to me was because of everything they had been through. So I think if I was going to change anything, I maybe would have tried to use Kurt a little bit more. And, you know, I maybe would have even kept Kurt and uh, Zach together a little bit longer and then had Zach start slowly transforming into his Jersey Shore character and then had them break up. Right. Uh, And then he could have had that character a little bit developed before he went out um, on his own which would have been really cool. And, and, and it sucks that, that, you know, Vance Archer left and then Tyler Rex left and he kept getting the tag team short end of the stick. But I could even be like, you know, it was good for him to get released and, and really work the Indies a little and get some experience and wrestle some guys with, with some indie value, which, you know, is believe it or not people, it's important, man. Like, um, people see you in a different light that way. Um, and even Zach floundering. Sure. would have been cool to see him, you know, featured a little more, but, that's probably all I would change up until their reunion. Once their reunion hit, like, man, I would have had them featured a little more. Um, fantasy booking, that's what this is. So this is me. So, yes, the win, we end the losing streak for Kurt Hawkins at WrestleMania 35. Honestly, it was perfect. WrestleMania 35 as a whole was amazing. It was a great show, which is why this year's really, really bugged me. We're just on such a good streak. Um, I think that's amazing. Obviously, WWE doesn't see value in them as mainstay performers. I think, you know, Zach has had his moments, and obviously his character is a very, like, misfortunate <laughs> thing, a misfortunate character where he just doesn't have a lot of, like, longevity with, like, title runs and things like that. But, dude, keeping them the tag champs for a while, putting them in, like, a good tag team feud, continuing the revival stuff, putting them in a tag feud with, like, Viking Raiders even if they lost the belts, like, dude, I would have really honestly had them as a featured tag team, like, you know, assisting with like some of the baby faces at the time, which would be like Seth Rollins was the main baby face, like have like some six man tags, like just get them featured more. I really would have utilized them more. Um, and like, even to today, let's say they don't get released. Like, I think they could be one of those tag teams, like where they, they really, like kind of transcend the division and they, they continue to, to, you know, trade tag titles back and forth. Um, you could even, you know, have that down the line lead to another split. And, and I, you know, I think either of them could be singles competitors. Um, and, and, you know, 
mid card or even upper mid card, maybe even some like main event quality stuff, you know? And this is just the problem with WWE is it's just such a bloated roster and, and there's just, they, they didn't have room. So like if I put myself in, you know, WWE shoes, like maybe, yeah, there's just not enough room to have them be main event guys, but there was definitely room to see value in them as a featured tag team and keep them on TV. But that's another problem. It's just tag team wrestling. Just, it's just not a thing WWE really puts a lot of focus on. Um, from time to time they do, but man, I, I could see them being up there as a tag team that sticks around just like, you know, new day or the Usos, you know, and just having them featured a little more is probably what I would have done. Um, I probably would have also given Zach, you know, probably maybe a little bit longer of an icy title reign and probably maybe even given Kurt a mid card reign. That, that would be something I would have changed in like the, when he, you know, I don't know when, maybe before his, his two, you know, 2013 release. Like I can see a 2012 Kurt Hawkins coming up back up from like NXT and, and holding a, uh, with a U.S. title or something. But let's talk about fantasy booking, uh, booking. Yeah, that's right. Fantasy booking for the future. So, um, they're released there. There's no doubt about that. It, it just is what it is. They were released April, 2020. Sure. Maybe after all this ends, they, they, they rehire or whatever the doors open. What I really like is they immediately hopped on making gear. Um, Zach Ryder is Matt Cardona. Now, uh, Kurt Hawkins goes back to Brian Myers, both their real names. They have all this merch made. They're ready to go. Um, I'm excited to see, uh, Cardona on the Indies. Uh, I, it just really didn't happen. He's been a WWE like company guy for so long. And with the popularity of their podcast, like, Man, they, I've, you know, they have some drawing power, and and they're both in the internet wrestling community. Zack Ryder is held in a very high regard, and and I think Kurt is now as well, or I, I guess Matt and and Brian. Um, so this is what kind of where I what I would like to see and what I think I'll see. Ideally, um, things open back up. We see Brian Myers return to the Indies, like Beyond Wrestling, maybe some PWG, some Game Changer Wrestling, um. I don't even know what still runs anymore. AIW, AAW, like just like some just random, you know, indies with some notoriety. Um, and, and I would like to see um, Zach do that as well. Um, just with, with particular ones and see him work some indie guys and just see what goes on. Like, I want to see what his movesets like when it's not a WWE moveset, you know, I want to see like what he, what he does, what kind of matches he can have. Um, Here's the thing that I think will really happen, though, just based on everything. There's obviously an alternative company. Zack Ryder's great friends with Cody Rhodes. I I mean, I think it'll end up looking more like an immediate uh, AEW signing for, for Cardona, for sure. Um, I could see Myers not getting signed initially and just uh, working the indies for a while, which I don't think he would mind. Um, he has his school and everything um, as well. Uh and then I could see him coming into AEW also. And I would love to see a tag run in AEW, like a legit Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, Major Brothers, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast run, you know? They could they could make it goofy and have Hornswoggle or whatever and have like a best friends type of type of thing. Um or and even have Mark Sterling as their manager. That'd be cool for him as well. I don't know. Um, I, I would love to see a tag run. Like, I mean a legit tag run. I could also see though, Matt Cardona legitimately being like a top level guy just based on his look, his size. Um, time tells what, what does a non WWE match look like for him? 
I mean, we've seen Brian Myers. Like, I think I love both of them and I wish that them both nothing but success. But, you know, I think really this is what I would like to see is sure. Let's say the current state of things, there's no indies to work. So, you know, um, Cardona gets signed to AEW right off the bat, comes in, works a few matches, whatever. And then maybe um, Death Triangle or a heel group, Kip Sabian and, and Jimmy Havoc. I I would probably maybe stick more towards like Lucha Bros, Death Triangle, or or even Inner Circle, right? He gets into a little scrap with them, and they're, they're beating him down. Uh, and then that can lead to the debut of Brian Myers coming out for the save. Very similar to how they reunited in, in WWE, just roles reversed a little bit. And uh, then we get the Major Brothers back, man. And I feel like they could have some barn burner tag matches with a lot of these guys. And I'd love to see like a tag title run. Dude, them versus Kenny and, and Hangman or the Young Bucks. Like that that's that would be an awesome move. Um, that's what I would like to see. And then, you know, maybe they go their separate ways or whatever. Um, I think they both have the potential to get signed. But like I said, I... I I truly feel like Cardona will get signed sooner rather than later. And it may be a little while for Myers if he does get signed. Um, but bringing them in as a tag team, I think, would be amazing as well if they both signed at the same time. Um, but either way, I, I'm just I'm excited for their future. Um, and I think that's kind of the way it'll go. I, I do think they have an AEW future. Um, whether it's tag team or not, or they bring them in separately. I just think it's a missed opportunity to not have them as a tag team with the podcast and everything. And... Um, yeah, I, I, that's what I feel like for their future. So I think that, uh, man, I, I liked a lot of their career more than I thought, even with the ups and downs, like the losing streak and Zack Ryder, like floundering and then them coming together, it made it more powerful for me. You know, I didn't know that until I was just talking about it, but I think that's really what, um, really what I, I, I would kind of keep most things the same, maybe just a little bit of longer title run or an additional title run here or there, maybe featured a little bit more. And and then I would have just really went in hard on their, um, their, their, uh, their tag run over this last year, but I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see them in another company. I think AEW will make very good use of them, even though their roster is getting a little bit bloated as well. Um, I really, really think, um, I, I could see them making making um, making a big splash in AEW, and it's funny to think about the fact that Edge talks about how before he resigned with WWE, when he was ready to work again, there was another company that was kind of going after him with a big money contract, which was obviously AEW. And imagine if he took that, and then we had Cardona and and uh, Myers as well as Edge, and who I don't know. I guess he would have been Sexton Hardcastle, and they would have been the sex heads. I don't know, um, <laughs> but that would have been crazy. So. That was fun. I, I really like this fantasy booking stuff. I know a lot of it turns into more of like, here's like some general information, maybe some tweaks, and here's what I think their future will look like. And that's probably what it'll kind of look like for a little while, because I really do want to run through a lot of this list of releases. Um, some some recent guys, it seems like there's more coming too. Like Curtis Axel just got released, and that's someone who um, I really enjoyed and think they could have done more with also. Um, so that's probably what's on tap. Um, but also, man, I might just get inspired by something else and maybe I'll, I'll look and see like a fantasy booking for someone maybe who I felt like WWE should have picked up and didn't, um, which I think would be fun too. Um, I don't know. Um, but that kind of ends up, uh, ends up being what the, what the play is while we're in quarantine. So I hope everyone's staying safe. Um, 
I hope everybody is being smart and, and, and doing, doing their part and contributing to society. And, uh, hopefully we're out of this sooner rather than later. And, and, you know, everyone's, everyone's back to, I guess, whatever normalcy they can have. So I, I really, really appreciate you listening. Um, I, I have a great time doing this. It's a, it's a good creative outlet for me. Um, I love talking about fitness. I love talking about uh, wrestling, obviously. And, and this fantasy booking thing is, is really, really cool as well. Even if I don't want to change a lot, it's cool to kind of go over it and see how I feel in real time. So uh, next week, there'll be, a, there'll be a lot more of that. Um, thank you so much again. Um, this week also, um, I just want to kind of plug an Instagram page that that's, uh, gaining a little bit of popularity. Uh, it's programmed for pro wrestling, um, on Instagram. They are listeners of the pod and, uh, I would highly recommend you check out their page. Um, they update it daily. A lot of really cool wrestling posts from WWE, AW, Indies, Japan, everything. Um, just some cool pictures and maybe a little bit of backstory. Um, so that's programmed for pro wrestling. So P4PW, it's the number four um, on Instagram. Uh, check them out, give them a follow, um, and let them know that I sent you. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks again for the third time for listening. Stay safe. And this has been Spandex Planet.